It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744, 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com, use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com, and by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, uh, yes, it does on a throwback Thursday. It is KT Live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Great show in store for you. Mark Hoke, of course, my great producer. He's at the helm. Don't miss the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Professional wrestling at its finest on Sunday mornings. PSBRlaw.com. Check it out. Best in personal injury. Over three and a half billion verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. You got that 702 down for Vegas. 830-9353. 830-9353. Jot it down. May not need it now, but may need it in the future. Got a special guest coming up in a couple minutes from now. Those that have been listening know that it'll be a real treat for my producer, Mark Hoke, uh, bringing in our guest in about two minutes from now. Games rolling right now on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota Out of Town Scoreboard NBA Association at the half. Dallas up on top of the Lakers by 11, 59-48. Minus two and a half in that game, but taking care of business so far on the road. And at the half right now, Blazers 56-48 over the Cavs. In fact, there's still 25 seconds left in the second quarter, so we'll keep an eye on that one. I'll get you all the final scores in the final segment of our number one. College hoops, games that are rolling right now on this throwback Thursday. All St. Mary's 40 seconds away from a win in Moraga over Loyola Marymount. Now they're minus 14. They're up by 16. Keep an eye on that one. 74-58. They lead the Lions. Gales, good solid squad. They may win the WCC. We'll see how it pans out. Looking forward to the WCC tournament here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Stephen F. Austin right now cruising over Utah Tech, 79-66. Just two minutes left in that one in regulation. Meanwhile, Grand Canyon, big time second half, 74-47. They lead Texas Arlington up on the Mavericks with a minute 46 to go in the second half. And how about BYU on a run right now? Leading Gonzaga, you can catch that one on ESPN. It is 63-56. The Cougs, my buddy Greg Rebell, probably having a fun time calling that game, at least at the moment. Still 7.48 to go in the second half in Provo. Northern Arizona, they turn a 15-point deficit into a 
one-point lead. Early second half, they lead Portland State 37-36. Tied at the half, New Mexico State and Seattle. Uh, Aggies were up by 10 in that game, but now that game all even. Very low-scoring first half. KT on Seattle in that game, minus three. See how that one pans out. Meanwhile, we've got Sac State, the Hornets at the Hornets Nest, leading Northern Colorado 37-31, 17 minutes to go in the second half. How about Steve Lavin? Coach Lav, good friend of the show, 55-45 up on the waves of Pepperdine. Early second half at the Slim Gym, the Jenny Craig Pavilion over there in San Diego, 55-45. San Francisco, an early 8-6 lead out of the gate over Portland on the road. Utah, the first bucket at Pauley Pavilion against UCLA. That game just underway. We'll pay attention to that one. Also, Stanford-Washington coming up in a few minutes from now, and Arizona has the first five up in Corvallis, leading Oregon State 5 nothing, and Long Beach State up by 15 at the Pyramid over Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, 38 38- to 23, 19 minutes to go, second half. On the ice, the Vegas Golden Knights are at T-Mobile. Check in real quick, one nothing Florida, early second period, 18-12 to go in the second period from T-Mobile, one nothing. we'll keep an eye on that game. Chris Wynn at that game, taking it in there for SportsX Radio. Ottawa 3-2, lead Arizona. Coyotes can't win a game. They've dropped six straight, 14-34 to go in the third period, and just 10 seconds left in regulation. The Blackhawks lead the Avalanche. Three to two. We'll see how that one pans out. Get you all the finals, NBA, college basketball, and the NHL. But right now we turn our attention to college football. And you know, KT loves his college football and he loves his FBS college football, but never realized how great FCS football is. Now got to pay attention to it, you know, getting involved with Brad Powers. Brad stays up on the FBS, but he loves the FCS as well. He likes those matchups when it goes FBS, FCS early on in the season. And I remember paying attention because Mark Oaks, alma mater, North Dakota State, always taking out some of the big dogs in Division One early on. So I'm like, ah, that Missouri Valley, that must be a pretty good conference. Well, lo and behold, of course, Scott Nagy, the head coach of the college basketball team, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, used to come on the show before he bolted off to Wright State. Loved following the Jacks, still do, in the Summit League. Always put out really good teams, really solid teams, and a lot of fun to watch. So I kind of adopted that team. Ryan Sweeter was back there as the SID, and he sent me out this beautiful Jackrabbits polo, and I've got all this stuff from, you know, back in the day, following the hardwood. So then I kind of adopted them as my FCS football team. And then, of course, when you find out your producer went to North Dakota State and South Dakota State, a pretty good team, you're like, all right, let's have a little bit of fun here. But, of course, North Dakota State – the kingpin, the team to beat. Frisco, Texas hadn't lost a championship game there, 9-0. and But what did I tell you all? What was my favorite game out of all the bowl games? As much as I love all the D1 college football bowl games, my favorite play was South Dakota State. And I said, get on the Jackrabbits. And, of course, Mark Hoke, being that North Dakota State, the Bison's his alma mater, he's like, you know, killed a wabbit, you know, sending me all these little uh, memes and pictures and all this stuff. And we had fun and we just ribbing each other. Now, Mark does have respect for South Dakota State. And I said, you know what? Let me see if I can't see if I can reach back to Ryan and, and Jason Hove and see if maybe I know it's late back there, central time in South Dakota, but maybe I can get the legendary Coach Stig on the show. Lo and behold, Jason gets back to me with Coach Stig's number, John Stigelmeyer. He's just finished up his 26th year there, South Dakota State. Their first championship, big-time effort by the Jackrabbits down there in Frisco, Texas. As they route North Dakota State, they get the bison off their back. Coach Stig, great to have you, SportsX Radio. Thanks for taking time out on this Throwback Thursday, and congratulations. A long time coming, but uh, you know, I guess if you're going to win one, you want to beat that rival, the old Dakota marker coming into play tenfold in this one. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, it was a it was a, a sweet victory. It was an unbelievable atmosphere. 
you know, it, it's a great rivalry, and, and you get after uh, Mark about it. Uh, you got to come out here sometime and experience it because it's really special. No, there's no doubt, and I want to do that, and that's the cool thing because I asked Mark, I said, well, you know, you guys are in the Fargo Dome now, and I know you went there in the late 80s and 90s. He goes, oh, no, we didn't, we didn't have the Fargo Dome, KT. He goes, we froze our butts off, man, no doubt. And he said when we moved into the Fargo Dome and we were so used to kicking our heels back, you know, all of a sudden it was cement we were kicking our heels back and it wasn't the same. We kind of had to get adjusted there. But that is a great program as well. And I love, you know, when you have – an atmosphere like you had in Frisco, Texas. It was outstanding. And you guys got that first touchdown, and I'm like, all right, they set the pace, and they came right back, tied it at seven. I said, all right, I'm sitting down. I know there's NFL football, but I'm a college football junkie, and I said, this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be one that you got to pay attention to. And they never quit. Even when you got up 28-7, they had that long touchdown pass, got back in it. But then you had answers. And this is a special team. And I saw the uh, young quarterback, Ronowski. I saw him in his freshman year, and I said, this kid's special. And I know he went through a, a tough injury. But tell me a little bit about this team, and then we're going to get into your legacy, of course, because you've been there for a long, long time and uh, just finishing up your 26th year and, of course, defensive coordinator for six years before that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about this champion team and what makes it go because the offense is special, but the defense very physical. And I think you set the tone with the kids, your only loss of the season at Iowa City against the Hawkeyes in a 7-3 game. But you know if you're going up against Iowa, especially in their backyard at Kinnick, you're going to be in for a physical game. And I think that's one where your guys probably felt like, you know what, if we can hang in the trenches with the Hawkeyes on the road, we can probably hang in the Missouri Valley this year. Yeah, the, 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 well, I had, I had boasted during fall, fall uh, camp and during our uh, preseason interviews about our offense because we had a bunch of preseason award winners or, uh, you know, watch-type guys. We had two wide receivers, twins that were great. We had two offensive linemen that were listed as All-Americans. Uh, we had a, a, a you know Mark Ronowski, You talked about him. I just, but our really in the Iowa game, our defense opened my eyes, and it's kind of funny as a head coach. But I mean, they they got after Iowa, and the game the, the game ended up being seven three. But really, coming off of that field, tough loss. But but I knew because of the way the defense played, we're going to have a good year. And, uh, you asked about the team, or you said tell us about the team. Uh, first of all, I want to I want to say our guys are unbelievable student athletes. Uh, last year, you know, we had we had 84 guys that had over a three point a three point or higher GPA, and so out of 110 guys, we have guys that are engineers, we have guys that are pharmacists, we have guys that are nurses, and and, uh, and it's a really great group of young men that are focused on everything they do, and I, I'm blessed to be the head coach. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When you look at the uh, the offensive side of things, too. Boy, that opened my eyes. When you have running backs like Amar Johnson and Isaiah Davis and both those guys going over the century mark in that championship game, both getting in the end zone as well, I mean, that's, that's kind of nice to have, that you have that two-headed monster and also knowing that you've got a dual threat at quarterback. When Gronowski's healthy, he's somebody that not only can air it out, but he can tuck it under and run big time as well. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, had, we had a great situation in terms of Mark's a physical runner as a quarterback. Amara and Isaiah are, are, are really special guys. And we had a third-round draft pick at, at uh, running back last year in Pierre Strong. He's with the New, New England Patriots. So uh, we have a great uh, tradition here, uh, a great uh, uh, skill on offense. Uh, Isaiah Davis is a really special player. I know Amara had a better championship game, but Isaiah Davis is, is 
the all-conference guy and really the, the, the best running back we've had. And talk to me about the Twins. You mentioned the Yankee brothers, Jaden Jackson, these two guys, eight receptions, 121, a couple touchdowns. Jackson got both of those in the championship game, but both of these guys special when they're healthy. What a dual threat that is. Very physical receivers, guys that want the ball but don't shy away from contact. Well, Ken, they're, they're the complete player. You know, the if you watch uh, or when you watch the game, if a person watched the game, there's a play, I think it's in Mark's touchdown, early in the third quarter, uh, Jackson Yankee, I think, blocks two guys. He, he's, he's got a guy on man-to-man. He goes to get a guy, and he literally blocks another guy because of the combination of, of man-to-man. So they can catch the ball. They block their tails off. Uh, they're great leaders in our program. They're right down the road. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say we offered them as linebackers initially out of high school because we thought they'd be great linebackers. Uh, but they are all conference-type guys and, and, and different state makers at, at wide receiver. There you go. And, of course, if you're going to beat the kingpin, the, the team that year in, year out, has always got their nose around that championship, North Dakota State, it's good to come on the positive side as far as the turnovers. Freeman, Gales, a couple interceptions there. you got a fumble recovery as well. That was key, especially when Kobe Johnson fumbled because uh, he doesn't do that much. And I thought that was a key play there because I think you were able to cash that one in for six. We were, and it was early in the first half. And, and uh, well, we all know if you watch football, the turnover uh, scenario uh, it determines a football game. Plus one, plus two, plus three. Look at the statistics. It has a huge impact in a football game. So uh, we we're, we're, it was good to get the first one, the fumble recovery by Dallas Beenham. Uh, Jason Freeman got – Jason Freeman was playing with a – torn bicep it was 80 percent torn off the bone and he's playing in the game and so again uh, i am blessed to be around guys that are unbelievable and then the uh, the interception by dyshawn gales later on kind of just sealed the deal wow that is good stuff all right so let's go to the trenches because we always talk about the guys and everybody knows the yankee twins they know granowski they know your solid receiving core uh they know the running backs with johnson and davis but let's talk about the guys in the trenches because when you're taking on teams in the Missouri Valley, you better be ready to play on both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. Tell me a little bit. Let's start with the offensive line. Well, Ken, it doesn't matter what year I've I've uh, coached. I always talk about the the if you're going to have success, it's going to be at the, it's going to start with the lines, offense and defense. And so our our offensive line, I would say our offensive line probably played ninety four percent of the plays during the season. Uh, our, our our offensive line coach wouldn't take him out when we were ahead. He he wanted those guys playing and getting better. And so uh, on the left side, uh, Garrett Greenfield and Mason McCormick are both uh, all American type guys. Uh, our center uh, Gus Miller is is a phenomenal player. Has unbelievable feet. Uh, Evan Bernstein on the right guard is is great, and then we made a great. Uh, you know, the, the, everybody gets after the, the transfer portal. Well, the transfer portal it's there for a reason. And John O'Brien, our starting right tackle, uh, we needed some insurance. We needed an extra guy, and John O'Brien came in, came to us and started just about every play, played every play at the right tackle. So really blessed there. The defensive line, I think we got one of the best. A D lineman in America and Caleb Sanders at nose guard. And then uh, Reese Winkleman, both those guys were captains, phenomenal football players. Can uh, we played 10, 12 offense or defensive linemen during the season. So uh, we got great depth and, and, and guys play their tails off. 
Yeah, that is just great stuff. And, of course, started with the loss at Iowa City, 7-3 to to the Hawkeyes, then a close one at home against UC Davis, and that's the team that you opened your coaching career with back in 1997, Coach Stig. You know, you did, did some great research. We're Division II. Uh, we went out there. Uh, we got a win. Uh, we had guys like uh, Dale Hyden, excuse me, uh, Steve Hyden, who played in the, the, the NFL, uh, Josh Ronick, who's our leading career rusher. And uh, the thing I remember about that game, and, I, I, you know, it's kind of corny, but uh, my parents went out with us, and they're both passed away. But I remember my dad coming up to the fence and giving me a hug, and he said, God has blessed you. And I thought, wow, he, he has. And, and uh, now our first game against Division One, we also played Davis, and we got, we got beat 52 to nothing. So Davis has been good to us and bad to us. So. There you go. All right. Now, also, later on in the season, a tough one at Northern Iowa. They're always tough at home. And if I'm not mistaken, you may have been there for a while. Uh, I wasn't sure if you were coaching, got a master's degree there, but you are uh, part of that Panthers program for a while. I was a GA under uh, Stan Sheriff, who was the head coach. Our defensive coordinator, was called. his name was Dennis Remmert, and, and a great mentor for me. I was. We were newly married, my wife, Lori, and I. And we were, we were just trying to grow, trying to trying to learn and stuff. And it was a great experience. Uh, who knows? Uh, who would know that I would end up in South Dakota State as head coach, and they'd be a rival? But uh, it was a great experience for me, and and uh, I grew a ton. Yeah, no doubt. It was uh, a storybook season, and we're going to continue. I just got to take a little break and pay some bills, but want to keep you here. And of course, I do want my uh, producer Mark Hoke, who's got a great on-air presence, has a great show himself here and is well-versed not only in the world of sports but professional wrestling. He does one of the best professional wrestling shows in the country on Sunday mornings, but outstanding as far as his football knowledge. And, of course, he knows the FCS game much better than I do because he's been following it for three decades so or maybe even longer than that. So uh, we'll bring him into the mix when we come back. We're going to take a break. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDWN, 1140 The Bet, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Download that Odyssey app spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just search for KDWN or SportsX Radio. It's Ken Thompson live, PSBR Law Studios in Vegas. We'll be right back. Right, a little throwback Thursday. Mark Hoke spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday. Ken Thompson live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. 73-69, BYU still leads Gonzaga. Minute 22 to go in Provo. Keeping an eye on that game right here. BYU had their lead trimmed to one, but just nailed a big three-pointer. So we'll keep an eye on that one as it rolls on down on the hardwood. Right now we're talking college gridiron FCS championship team. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits head coach John Stigelmeyer, Coach Stig. Follow him on Twitter at Holy Nutmeg. At Holy Nutmeg, Coach clue me in on the uh, Twitter handle. You know, I didn't know anything about Twitter. Uh, they said I had to be on it. I said uh, set me up, and they said, "Well, what? Uh, you know, I, I we don't we don't use profanity in our program, right? And that, right. that's kind of rare for football. And uh, I'm proud of that, to be honest with you. And uh, when I get excited about a positive thing or negative thing, I say, Holy Nutmeg, what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, so they created that uh, Twitter handle, and again, that, I'm stuck with it, I guess, is, is how you'd say, but 
I'm okay with it because it it allows me to. You ask the question allows me to talk about a program that we're we're uh, we're a program that doesn't doesn't we're not average we're we're elite in in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, coach, and that's the one thing that I get on myself. I mean, I repent right away, but my gosh, man, I think you know, the Jersey upbringing back east. There's two things that. I mean, my wife just puts me in the rubber room. She doesn't want to hear me, and that's when USC football is on or the Raiders are on because she knows there's <laughs> going to be expletives flying, doesn't want me to offend anybody. So I'll just, you know, go in there and, and, uh, and you know, every now and then. I don't golf a lot, but, you know, sometimes on that golf course as well. I think they should have, like, like little rubber rooms, like, at every tee so you can just go in there and just kind of yell a little bit and then come out all composed and everything when you're out there on the golf course. But, you know, Bobby Bobby Bowden was good like that too, uh, without the cussing. And uh, a lot of his players said, "Man, I don't know how he does it, man. How he just maintains and that, uh, gosh dang it, and you know, and dang gum it, and all that stuff like that." So, holy nutmeg, it is. Follow Coach Stiggs on uh, Twitter at holy nutmeg. Mark Hoke, of course, my producer. Follow him at Mark Hoke Show. Follow the show at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson eighty seven. All right, Mark, North Dakota State guy. Some questions for Coach Stiggs, South Dakota State head coach. Well, first, Coach, I would advise not looking at my Twitter for the past uh, week or so. <laughs> might not might not be a good idea. <laughs> I might not be able to find it, so Mark, you're okay. okay. There's, there's, there's no holy nutmegs on there, <laughs> oh, Coach, I promise you. Oh, okay, coach. I, I got it. I'll take your advice. It, it's all good. But, you know, I want to go back to 2004 when North Dakota State and South Dakota State transitioned up. And I remember everybody in Grand Forks giving NDSU so much flack for making that move and saying, you're done. You're, you will not succeed. And, you know, you guys left South Dakota behind. We left North Dakota behind and, you know, made the move. What was that like transitioning up from Division Two to Division One? Because, but, you know, the, both programs had a lot of successes in different ways. Uh, but it was it was pretty interesting. But what was the move like to slide up to Division One back then? You know, Mark, uh, I, I've talked about this a bunch in this last run, and, and uh, USD University of South Dakota did the same thing to us. They said, "You're crazy. You're nuts. You're gonna you're gonna fail." And uh, we needed each other. Now, how crazy that sounds! We needed each other. And I don't know if you know the story, but we met on the border of North Dakota and South Dakota. You, I think a lot of people know the history that when they de- when they divided the Dakota Territory, they put these big granite uh, border markers mm-hmm. every half mile across the state, and we met at a farm that had had a border marker trophy, and we shook hands. Craig Bow was the head coach; he was a good friend of mine. That we had athletes there, we had ads there, uh, and we said, "Let's do it." And uh, I don't think North Dakota State would have done it on their own, and I don't think South Dakota State would have done it on their own. North Dakota State was a great program. That elevated our program. And, uh, uh, you know, I was told, <laughs> Dr. Fred Oyen, our AD, said to the, to the coaches, half of you will lose your jobs during this transition because that's, that's the struggle. And really what ended up happening, South Dakota State football became a better program because of the move. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible to see what everybody did, and not just in football too. You know, the the, the volleyball team succeeded, the basketball teams did well, and uh, and then of course all those all that trash talking ended up being UND and South Dakota moving up in '08, and they just haven't caught up. And you know, I guess I guess we can both revel in that that our rivals have not quite uh, gotten to where they need to be. 
I, I would agree. I've got a lot of respect for, number one, our conference, the Missouri Valley. I love Bubba Schweigert. I respect Bob Nielsen. Bubba's at the head coach at UND. Uh, Bob Nielsen's the head coach at USD. Uh, I don't know why it's different, but I know this. When we went into the Missouri Valley, it was then the gateway. They they had this this perception that, okay, we're, we're getting these two teams that really won't be able to compete. And if you look at the, the history of the playoffs and the history of the championships and the conference and stuff, you know, it's been the Dakota, the, the Dakota schools that have had great success. So it's been fun to be a part of. So one thing that I think is interesting now, and of course, as an NDSU person, you hear all the time, you got to move up, you got to move up, you got to move the football team up. And with the changing landscape of college football right now, where we're, we're seeing even teams like in the A's, the A's son and the WAC wanted to go up and Jacksonville State went up, James Madison went up. Uh, what is it? Is it, what's the talk right now? Because I would think that if if you're gonna do it, I I would think everybody would kind of have to make that move. You know, at least the four Dakota schools and maybe the Montana schools too. So, what's going on with that, Mark? You're asking a tough question, a unique question. Uh, I've talked to our president. I've talked to our AD, obviously, and uh, we are po- poised to move up. We are poised to go to FBS, but our president and athletic director are adamant on. We need to be in a conference that are like schools. So we don't want to, we don't want to just be FBS if we go. We want to be with land grant, good academic institutions that that represent their states. And I, I will go this. You know, I will jump. You know, when I when I talked to our athletic director about it, I said, you know, with all this this changing, let's think about who has the best tournament, who has the best playoff system. It's F- FCS. Is 24 teams that have a chance to win a championship. And so if we go FBS, let's think about, is that going to change? Are we going to have a chance for 24 teams to compete for a national championship? Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting with the playoff expanding that I, I don't know if people are just seeing the money or seeing, you know, we may have a small hole to sneak in there. It's it's a difficult decision. And, you know, you have a, two great programs in uh, North Dakota State and South Dakota State that would be putting a lot on the line and to uh, to slide up. So you know, I I think it, I'm I'm torn on it myself because you know I don't I don't mind winning national championships every year. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mark, I put it this way: I can't imagine being in a program, and, and, and I'm 65, so I don't know how long I have left. But I can't imagine being in a football program what, that that when you get to six wins. You rejoice because you get to go to a bowl game. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to us. Doesn't make sense to North Coast State. Doesn't make sense to South Coast State. Will we be able to play Alabama for a national championship? No. So I think when we make those decisions, when we look at that situation, we got to look at uh, what, what are you going to do with this level of football that that fits where we're coming from. Yeah, it, this is it's going to be a very intriguing time here with what's happening on the college football landscape. And I, I'm just curious, you know, for you having been at South Dakota State so long, I was in the stands at Dakota Field probably yelling at you and the team. So <laughs> I, I I just looked that up and I didn't realize that you were there even before the you, you took over as head coach. And I, I just wonder what's been going through your mind since you won that national title for going through all those years at South Dakota State. And there were some some years where you guys really struggled 
to get to this point, I, I, I can't imagine what you were thinking. Uh, sim- simply, uh, there was a point in my life where, where I thought, you know, the Lord made me to be a coach. And and he will open doors and he will close doors. He will he will support me. He will comfort me. He will uh, he will he will level off the highs and the lows. And so uh, I turned down a head football job while I waited to try to get, be the head coach here at South Dakota State, and I ended up being the head coach 26 years ago. And uh, it's been it's been unique, like you said. We've we've had some tough years. Well, I mean, seriously, I, I hate to say this, but I got on the bus as an assistant after we, we, we had played a game, and our starting left guard said, I don't know I don't know why we go to North Coast State because we're going to get our butts kicked. And I thought, whoa, wow. is this is the kind of mentality we have. And, and obviously we've flipped that, we've switched that, but uh, it's, been, it's been fun and it's been a challenge and it's been, it's been where I should be, you know. Well, it's awesome to hear. And and even though we're rivals, uh, we go from rival schools. You know, it's it's still terrific that you know coming from the days of the old North Central Conference to you know reaching the pinnacle is just it, it's been fun. And you know, it, it, I know you've made me swear a few times after a few games, and but that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll survive. Hey, Mark, I need to say this because because I've got the ultimate respect for North Dakota State, uh, Craig Bowl is a dear friend. Chris Kleiman is, is a good friend. Matt Ants is a, a really good friend after the game. And I know they they were nine and oh in Frisco. That's unheard of. Yeah. After the game, I, 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 I talked to coach Ants, the, the head coach at North Coast state. And he said, if we're going to lose to somebody, I'm glad it's you. And that is a classy sportsmanship first class statement. And, and I literally gave him a hug after the game, because I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Coach Stig, on that note, because you had won, you know, three regular season games in a row against the Bison, but, you know, it would all go down the drain, basically, if you lose this opportunity at the highest plateau there in FCS football. Uh, This was one that the program really needed to get there to where they got more respect probably from the Bison fan group. I'm sure the you know Coach Entz and the and the coaching staff they respect you. They know how good the program is. But until you you know beat the champion and get their attention, that fan base is not going to give you that respect. And I think it's just going to make even more for that rivalry uh, between the Bison and the Jackrabbits as we move forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is uh, you know again you think SEC football, you think Georgia versus whoever. You think Alabama, but but <laughs> don't take this wrong, man. But if you if you use the term student athlete, right? That's what these guys are, student athlete. There is no better football level, no better level than FCS football, because our guys are going to be doctors, they're going to be pharmacists, they're going to be teachers, they're going to be businessmen. They know that they're going to class, they're they're, they're getting great GPAs, and they get to compete for a national championship. And at whatever level, when you get to stand on the podium like we were able to in Frisco, that's a pretty good feeling.
There's no doubt about it, Coach. You know, and I, I, the first time that I knew anything about Division II basketball was when my buddy in California, we were working together in high school football as far as TV, doing stuff. He gets the UC Irvine basketball job, so he asked me, KT, can you do me a favor? Ken, can you go up and meet Coach John Macy, UC Riverside, Division II program? Look, they're pretty good year in, year out. Uh, they have trouble against Cal State Bakersfield, who had won three titles in five years. He said, but you'll enjoy it, man. It's good basketball. So I didn't know jack about Division II, but I went and I said, wow, the only difference are, you know, most of the centers are 6'9". They're not seven-footers, and, uh, but the, 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 the programs themselves were really good. The first year, 1995, I'm calling the Highlander games, sold out most of the games, and just incredible run. These guys go all the way to the national championship in Louisville against Bruce Pearl in Southern Indiana, and we end up losing in the last minute and a half, but just an incredible run. Meanwhile, my buddy takes the Division One job at UC Irvine. They go one win and 25 losses, and I, you know, back then there's no cell phones, but I get the call and just like the message on the old voicemail, just like, uh, I can't believe how lucky you are. I give up this job. I've been calling these games for the Highlanders for years. You take it first year, and you're in the national championship game, which was the first and only time UCR was there. But when they transitioned into the Big West, and I ended up calling games for Long Beach State, who were also in the Big West, but when they transitioned there, it just never really worked out, nor for Cal State Bakersfield. Here are programs that were really, you know, top of the uh, the food chain as far as, you know, Division Two basketball, and now they're just mired in mediocrity in Division One. so it's not all cracked up to be, and sure, there may be more money, but if you're not putting fans in the stands, so to speak, like you were when you were, you know, a Division Two program, you know, it's all for naught, basically. Well, you know, I go back to the student athlete. I get my my uh, feelings, my success, my success, my my joy from the student athletes. And and uh, again, you want to be able. You don't want to compete at a level. You want to compete for a championship. And I'm not knocking the the, the programs that 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 are a certain level and will never have a championship or uh, pursue a championship. But but FCS football is an unbelievable level. And uh, it's been good to South Dakota State. It's been good to North Dakota State. It's been good to Youngstown State. Jim Trussell had an unbelievable program. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, James Madison kind of screwed it up. They went they went FBS and they ended up whatever, you know, 8-2, eight, 8-4, eight whatever. And now everybody thinks we should all move. That's That's not the best thing for every program. No question about it. Mark, another last question before we let Coach go, and I'm just going to hit him up with probably another question myself, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I just I just wanted to say, Coach, that you know, now we get to – it's over and we get to next year, and you know the memories of NDSU you know, with coaches like Rocky Hager and Amy Ruley and Coach Maughan and the wrestling team and so on that I, I got to learn under. And, of course, you were around too. It's, it's been a long road, but you know what? The next season's coming up. What's your prediction, Coach? Are you going to beat us again? <laughs> hey, first of all, first of all, I saw Rocky Hager at the national convention on Monday. Great guy, and he gave me a hug, and I, it was unbelievable. He, uh, they were all great teachers, too. By the way, I had all those people in classes, and that was right. one of the great things about them. They were terrific teachers, and I've heard and I've heard you're pretty good too. Well, I'm a math teacher by trade, but will I will we beat him again? I'm not saying that. I, I know this. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I know this. Uh Mark, it'll be a great competition. It's gonna be at our place, it's gonna be a sellout. Uh I love the rivalry. Have you seen the trophy? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's been at South Dakota State for a long time, so 
uh, we want to keep it there, and and uh, I know our guys will be will be pumped when we play them. Yeah, that's great stuff, and I do look forward every time the Mountain West Media Days are out here in Vegas. I get to meet. Uh, and hang out with Coach Craig Bowl every year, and I love him. So it'll be a lot of fun to let him know that we had you on the show, Coach. Real quick before I let you go, uh, the, it's always tough when you are at the top of the food chain at the end of the season because people are going to come a-picking on your uh, coaching staff. And Josh Davis, uh, he went over and took that South Dakota offensive coordinator job. I saw that. He's going to be uh, working for the Coyotes, a little rivalry there now. You know what? We sat down. I love Josh Davis. He played for us. I recruited him, he played for us, he coached for us, left, came back, and he sat in my office, and this is intimate, all right? This is this is what I think people that are listening want to hear. And he looked at me and said, Coach, what, what should I do? And I said, I, you should take the job. And that was hard for me to say, but who, who, how many opportunities are there to be a coordinator at the FCS level? And even the rivalry, all that stuff. He's got three little girls, got a beautiful wife, and uh, I told him, go go and that's my job to, to support guys and so uh we got another guy interviewing tomorrow so we'll see what how our staff looks in in a few weeks there you go hey coach thanks for staying up late appreciate you yeah. big time and uh and i know it was a treat for mark even though it was tough but we've had a lot of fun talking fcs football and i'm glad that you know he brought that to the table because it's really been a lot of fun and my buddy brad powers who's a big time college football guy he did ask me one thing and he said ask coach you know, he is in his mid-60s now. How long is he looking to stay at the helm there at South Dakota State? Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that question. I will answer it this way. Well, my wife's name is Lori. It's up to her. Our life has been ruled. We've been married 43 years. Our, our life has been ruled and connected and adjusted because of football. And so when my wife Lori says, hey, it's time, I'm going to retire the next day. And that's the honest God truth. Uh, behind every great man, there's a great lady. And Lori sounds like she's the great lady in your life. Coach Stig, appreciate you staying up. And we really appreciate you joining SportsX Radio. Hope to have you on again soon. And, and God bless, Coach. You take care. And congratulations on an incredible season. Hey, thank you. And God bless you guys. And I have no friends, so I'd love to talk anytime, okay? There you go. Great stuff, <laughs> Coach Stig. And, and, and Coach, I hope, I hope you have a one-loss conference season next year. <laughs> Listen, Coach. I, I know I know Davis is a heck of an assistant, but I don't think he's going to beat you at South Dakota. So I think you go unblemished again. It's going to be fun. It'll yeah. be a great, it's going to be a great season with those. It'll two, be yeah. great, Coach. And we'll check in with you prior to that season, of course. But congratulations. Go enjoy. And uh, I know it's still probably party time in Brookings, but great stuff, Coach. God bless you guys. Thanks. All right, great Bye. stuff with Coach Stigelmeyer. Take a break, come back, get some scores in. What a great comeback. Gonzaga, they did it again. I don't know how these cardiac kids pull it off, but BYU up a point, a one-and-one. One. They make the first, miss the second, and then straw their nails a long three, and then BYU had nine-and-a-half seconds, could not answer on the other end. BYU loses at home in Provo. Gonzaga wins at 75-74. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, Andy Isco joins me top of the hour. We are live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, KDW, and 1140, the bet on the AM side, streaming on the, on the Odyssey app that is spelled AUD. ACY, just search KDWN or SportsX Radio. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios, I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back.
Throwback Thursday. KT enjoying a great night so far. Coach Stigelmeyer joining us, head coach, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, and uh, Mark Hoke having some fun as well. That was awesome. That was good stuff. The no, only I mean, thing the stuff. only thing that would be better is getting Matt Entz on the show so they can talk about maybe the nine championships that NDSU's won. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get and him on be for really sure. Fun. I'll yeah. tell you what would blow me away, though, if we got Rocky Hager. Rocky was the head coach at NDSU. They won two nat- Division two national titles while I was there. And, God, I mean, I, I was in his coaching class. We should call the Rock up. There you go. He's well, my Rock. You know what? We'll do that. <laughs> End of two down at T-Mobile. Florida leads Vegas. The Golden Knights trailing 2-1 to one to the Panthers on the ice. Uh, do not forget... Demographically, if you're 40 to 72 years old, Preventive Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pearson Company. What a setup we've got here in the Vegas Valley. The only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you the early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancer. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can give a call now, leave your number, and they'll get back to you, get you that free educational consultation. You've got the 702 down for Vegas, 534-7900-534-7900-534-7900. Let them know KT SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. You get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist a few days later. Doesn't get much better than that. Listen, I mean, Lisa Marie Presley just died. I know people say, ah, genetically, she's, you know, her dad, you know, her grandfather, you know, heart problems. Listen, so what? You need to find out. If she'd have found out that maybe her heart was clogged up artery-wise, she may still be alive. We don't know, but we've got that set up here in the Vegas Valley. You've got to take advantage of it if you're in that demographic. They have the heart CT scan and calcium score, $125, $600 value, your significant other, absolutely free. So a $1,200 value total of $125 does not get much better than that. When you're there, find out how you can get all your organs scanned. doesn't get much better than that. Christina and I have done it twice. Uh, we've gone every two years, and we'll continue to go. And just to get that information doesn't get much better than that. You get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. You can go to pdcenterlv.com. You can check out the scanner. But give a call, 534-7900. If you're coming into Vegas, set it up that you have time to go in there and get this valuable information. You don't want to get blindsided by that widowmaker. And are you kidding me? The amount of cardiac things going on right now. And again, we're looking into them. We're trying to find out what's going on. I mean, it is nonstop seeming like every day we're having deaths due to cardiac failure. And I'm not talking people in their 70s and 80s. I'm talking people 50 years of age and younger, and a lot of them 40 years of age and younger. So please give a call, Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke, Andy Isco joins us in a few minutes. Uh, we're out of here in just a minute or so. So uh, we'll update that we do have that final from Provo, 75-74, uh, Gonzaga beating BYU right now in the association. The Mavericks, who had a huge lead on the Lakers first half, clinging to a two-point lead, 705 to go fourth quarter, 89-87 Mavs, 91-87 Blazers lead the Cavs. And that game is now after three quarters, so they'll enter the fourth uh, with a four-point lead. Earlier finals, Thunder win in Philly. Mark Hoke not happy about that. 133-114, to the Thunder. Wow, plus 10, didn't need him, won by 19 big ones. That game flies over the total, 233.5. Celtics beat the Nets, of course, no KD. They're going to be in trouble for a while, 109.98 in Brooklyn at the uh, Barclays Center. Celtics get the win there. 124-114 north of the border. Raptors take out the Hornets, minus 8. They get the win, the cover game goes over. And the Heat, a 108-102 win over the Bucks. They were laying 5.5. They win it by 6. Game stays under the total by 2 points. Get you some college basketball and some hockey scores. SportsX Radio. Hour number one in the books. Marco, my producer, coming back with myself, the great Andy Isco. We're live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. You're listening to SportsX Radio.
And you're still listening to SportsX Radio because I was waiting for the music, and then I thought maybe it was one of these mute sets that I wasn't able to hear it in my headset. But I got out a little bit early, but now I'm going to get out on time. SportsX Radio, one hour in the books. Ken Thompson, Mark Oak, Andy Isco coming up. Keep it right here live from Vegas. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, hour number two, SportsX Radio rolling at you, 101.5 FM, KDWN, of course, 1140, the bet on the AM side, and of course, streaming on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download that free app. So many shows to choose from. I mean, unbelievable setup there once you download that Odyssey app. And uh, for my show, of course, just search KDWN, you do that, and you'll also find the Mark Hoke Show there, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., A-U-D-A-C-Y, and of course, search at SportsX Radio. Uh, We'll get with Andy Isco in a few minutes. Let me uh, just update. Gave you the NBA games, and the Blazers now up five on the Cavs, 9.57 to go fourth quarter, 94.89. Mavs up four on the Lakers, 4.46 left in that fourth quarter in L.A., 93.89. So watching those two games as they roll on down. College basketball, ton of games. Let's go to the games that are going right now. There's not a lot of, well, there's actually more than I thought. Uh, Seattle's taking a 61-54 lead, 346 to go over New Mexico State. That's good news. I need them to hold on and win that one. Meanwhile, Northern Arizona, they came back from 15 down, 74-72. They lead Portland State on the road, just four seconds left up there in Portland. The Vikings blowing a big lead in that one. Sac State at the Hornets' Nest, they were laying four to Northern Colorado. They win it by eight. 72-64, the final in that one. 92-89, that game has gotten crazy at the Slim Gym. I wonder if that's an overtime. I would think maybe San Diego still leads Pepperdine. Minus two and a half, up by three, four seconds to go. Can Lab's boys hold on in a game that has sailed over the total? San Francisco trails by 10 at Portland at halftime. In Portland, the, the uh, Pilots have dropped five in a row, so the Dons right now uh, not playing well, and we'll keep an eye on that one. UCLA up nine on Utah at the half at Pauley Pavilion. Low-scoring game. 
game, but Mick Cronin's guys up by nine and thirty-one to twenty-two in a total that's one thirty-six and a half. Doubt they get there. Washington cruise control over Stanford, forty-seven twenty-nine at the half up in Seattle, only laying two and a half. The Huskies, but well on their way to a victory on their home court in Arizona, forty-four twenty-six. They come off the home loss that busted their twenty-eight game home winning streak. On Saturday against Wazoo, taking it out on the boys from Corvallis, lead the Beavs 44-26. to Long Beach State did finish off Cal Poly slow. Sorry, Dave Deneen, 77-58. Dave, of course, a graduate of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and KT's to call games for the beach. Long Beach State, Coach Dan Monson now seems like he's been there forever. And uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, some of these games that are closing out. I'll get you some of the other finals with Isco on board. Uh, some Add-on games as well, some good ones. KT was on two of those. Had Eastern Kentucky plus four, went down to plus two and a half. They won 97-76 against Florida Gulf Coast. And then I took Kennesaw State, and they also took care of business and uh, knocked off Jacksonville, beat the Dolphins 81-68. They were minus three, won it by 13. So a good night so far on the hardwood. Now, I would have lost if I had gotten it in going against Fran McCaffrey again. I got to stop doing that, right? And I had Michigan. I would have had Michigan. Uh, Michigan plus five. The line went up to five, five and a half. And I was like, oh, man, they're going to cover. I mean, Iowa was coming off back-to-back wins, a 21-point comeback at home against Indiana, and then they went into Jersey and beat Rutgers. So that kind of surprised everybody. Still playing without Patrick McCaffrey, McCaffrey, but the coach's kid. But uh, Michigan actually led that game by seven with 2.26 to go. Iowa forces overtime, and then Iowa wins it by nine in overtime. So the Hawkeyes, three in a row now in the Big Ten, and a tough loss. Juwan Howard probably beside himself there. Meanwhile, on the ice, we go and check things out. T-Mobile still 2-1, to third period, about to get underway. Florida and the Vegas Golden Knights. Ottawa handed Arizona their seventh straight loss, 5-3 to the final there. Chicago did hold on, beat Colorado 3-2 to in the Windy City. Calgary went under the arch, beat St. Louis 4-1. to Minnesota wins on the road as well, beat the Islanders 3-1. to Montreal skates past Nashville. 4-3, short circuits, the Predators winning streak, and the Rangers double up on Dallas in overtime. They beat the Stars 2-1. Rangers playing good hockey as well. 4-1 Detroit, they get past Toronto. Nice effort there by the Wings on their home ice. Tampa Bay 5-4, they squeeze past Vancouver down there in Florida. 6-2, all Carolina on the road in Columbus. 4-2, Winnipeg in northern New York. Doubles up on Buffalo and Seattle, the surprise score of the night. How about the Kraken, man? 3 nothing shutout against the Boston Bruins on the road. Team with the best record in the NHL. Could have got a plus 205 on Seattle. Kraken playing some good, solid hockey. They're right there. Another solid expansion team season like we saw the Golden Knights have. We'll see if it transitions into the postseason for the Kraken. But that a look at what's going on on the ice. Without further ado, I welcome in my good pal Andy Isco at VegasAndy711. Follow him on Twitter at VegasAndy711. TheLogicalApproach.com. AI, great to have you on a throwback Thursday, man. We missed our pot roast, but we'll do it next Thursday uh, because our good pal Mike Scalia is going to join us there and have some pot roast. Oh, good. That'll be a double portion for me then. There you go. You'll be. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah. Seattle. You you gave the score. That was Boston's first home loss in regulation all season. Wow. After the season, that, the Bruins just playing spectacular hockey for for that for that to be their first regulation loss and to an expansion team. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it came out today 
that the coaches for the All-Star Games, you know, their coach in his first season, Jim Montgomery, he's going to uh, coach the Atlantic Division. Carolina's Rod Brindamore, he's the veteran. He'll be, uh, you know, with the Metropolitan. Then Dallas, Pete DeBoer, of course, who was here with Vegas after a long stint there with the San Jose Sharks. He will be coaching the Central. And, of course, Bruce Cassidy, who comes over from those Boston Bruins and now the head honcho there with the Vegas Golden Knights. He will coach the Pacific on the NHL All-Star Weekend. So uh, good stuff. And Golden Knights struggling right now against Florida. My gosh, Andy, I, I mean, this team is is so much more relaxed, it seems, on the road. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they're going to be geared up and get a shot at it uh, as far as getting back into the, you know, the playoffs. First and foremost, they're going to do that. But hopefully they can uh, make some type of run because it'll be a storybook season because nobody really gave them much of a chance based on what they were working with between the pipes. Yeah, well, I, I think I recommended it a few weeks ago, but let, let's see what happens uh, with tonight's game. You still got a period to play, but you know, maybe shake things up psychologically, and next time take the ice at the T-Mobile wearing the road jerseys, and maybe that'll just uh, you know give them a little a uh, little psychological lift. And once they finally win a game at home in the road uniforms, maybe they go back to the home jerseys. All right, so AI, how'd you do on uh, on the Georgia game? I know you uh, probably made some money there on Georgia, but. Uh, I took a shot at TCU. I had TCU, but I could see when it was 24-7, when Georgia took that 24-7 lead, that TCU was really outmatched, and I could not see them making much of a comeback. So that's when I got on Georgia, laid the uh, points in the second half, and, of course, uh, they they were just overmatched. I think they were really surprised by the athleticism, the speed, and the uh, the size of, uh, of Georgia. You know, Georgia's got such great talent. Uh, clearly, and yeah, let's give TCU some credit. They're, they're a good football team. Clearly, Georgia played their best game offensively and defensively all season. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch, no doubt about it. And, uh, I mean, if you're a Georgia backer, that's for sure. I mean, TCU, as great as the season was, boy, it's so hard to end on a note like that. It makes you feel like you weren't even in the same league. And they weren't, at least that particular night. Played a, a good, solid game against Michigan, but they were very opportunistic with a couple, you know, big pick sixes and and uh, you know snuffing a couple Michigan drives inside the five yard line, so they were fortunate. Uh, came back to bite them, but then George also. You look at the game that they played against Ohio State; they were very fortunate to come back and win that one down fourteen in the fourth quarter. Well, Ohio State makes the field goal, and it's a whole different story Monday night, possibly. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, AI college basketball, uh, nice upset. Minnesota goes to Ohio State, speaking to the Buckeyes, and wins 70-67 to as 14-point underdogs. That was a shocker to me. Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, not that Ohio State's going to, uh, you would think, uh, contend for a national title. They're still a very solid team, but Minnesota had not been playing very well. But, uh, you know, there's great basketball. A lot of these kind of, you know, the, the Big Ten, I'm not going to say it's the best conference in the country, but it's certainly a very deep conference. You know, you talk about, you know, football, the SEC, you'd have to acknowledge, certainly based upon the talent and sense of the NFL, it's probably the best conference in football, and there's probably not much of a debate there, at least in most seasons. In basketball, it's a little bit more difficult because uh, uh, you know the number of players who make it into the NBA are far less than those who make it into the NFL because of the size of the rosters in the two sports. So uh, a very nice win for a Minnesota team that uh, uh, that had been struggling. I heard you uh, talk uh, a few minutes ago about the uh, the Michigan Iowa State uh, Iowa game rather, and I was surprised that the line was as high as it was. I considered Michigan, but I stayed away from the game. And you know the thought again that came to mind is we and I think you've talked about it before. We've talked about our overtime. 
have insurance when you bet the under and the underdog. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the only reason I didn't have money on Michigan is I wasn't paying attention and the game tipped off. And then I had so much stuff to do to get ready for the show and was actually playing some basketball prior to the uh, playing with a bunch of 22 and 20 year olds down at the court. But holding KT holding his own, hit five threes in the second in the second or third game there. So was shooting well. And it's always Sharp good. Elbows. Well, you know, deep threes for KT, but always good to, uh, you know, just get the cardio. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all I was looking for. And it actually turned out to be a pretty nice night because we played outdoors over at Cornerstone. Great light setup over there in Henderson. Nice park, and, and uh, there was no wind to uh, contend with the shots and stuff. So I enjoy playing outdoors because I, I grew up playing a lot of outdoor basketball back in Jersey when I was growing up. So I enjoy it, and uh, it was a lot of fun hanging with the kids and, and – uh, you know, having them take me to the rack every now and then because sometimes you think your feet are moving, step and slide, but they're not. They're uh, they're kind of planted in cement. But at the end of the day, I did get the cardio I was looking for, and I shot pretty well. So I'll take it. No, that's all. That's always good. I mean, ba- basketball is like the one sport, one of the few sports, let's say, that you can really practice on your own. You know, when you're shooting best. You know, obviously you're not uh, practicing against defense, but you can hone your shot. Uh, right. I remember many days uh, after school coming home and sort of uh, got my homework out of the way as quickly as I possible, so I could go down in the driveway and shoot at the hoop over the garage over and over and over. Being a short guy, I knew I wasn't going to have much of a future, but if I could do anything well, it was going to be shooting free throws. There you go. That's right. Andy Isco at the line, uh, designated free throw shooter. Georgia Southern, they've been playing pretty good ball. They knocked off Appalachian State. They were four-point dogs on the road, and Georgia Southern wins at 67-65. Total was 126.5. That game gets over. Andy Stony Brook is uh, not the same team that made it to the NCAA tournament a few years back, but they got a home win tonight against Drexel as four-and-a-half-point dogs against the Dragons. That game also getting over the total. You know where Stony Brook is. Yeah, it's out on, uh, out on Long Island, one of the uh, schools out there. And they've had a very solid uh, uh, basketball program for their level, of course. You know, you got 353 teams, I think, in Division One, And so they're in that uh, uh, the mid-major level conference, although they did move up this year. Uh, and they've, they've always been solid, but uh, not quite at the level yet. Look, I mean, it's, you take a look. I heard you and Mark and then Coach talking about uh, programs, FCS, FBS. And you take a look at and I, I think Coach talked about it, the success that James Madison had in their first season transitioning from uh, you know F, uh, FCS to FBS this year. They got off to a very, very strong start. Uh, and in, in basketball, it's a little bit different. In basketball, you've had these lower-level programs or mid-tier programs be able to compete because you get one great athlete on your team, and that can, make it, that, that can help you get to a tournament. You need, you need a lot more of those types of players at the FCS level uh, to make it to make it into like the FBS competition because there's just so many more players that are heavily recruited. No doubt about it. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, hour number two, SportsX Radio, rolling at you, 101.5 FM, 1140, The Bet, and across the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, so you had a 67-65 win by Georgia Southern at App State. 67-66, Stony Brook by one over Drexel. And the next score, right there, rotation order, Coastal Carolina at Old Dominion, 67-66. Identical score, Old Dominion minus eight in the game. They lose the game straight up, total 136, so the game stays under. But a uh, nice effort by the Chanticleers on the road as eight-point dogs, little money line payoff there. Yeah, they've had their success uh, postseason play over the past decade or so. They're not an unknown anymore.
There you go. All right. Uh, next game on the docket, IPFW. They win by 15, but they were minus 15 and a half just about everywhere, although there were some 15s. Game also staying under the total. IPFW beats IUPUI, who's played better ball. Jaguar still cellar dweller, but uh, at the end of the day, they played better basketball, but still not going to compete in the summit, but they have been playing hard at least. Youngstown State, they were minus two on the road. They beat Detroit 84-79. to Penguins had a huge lead. Total was 153.5. Game flies over, hits 163. Oakland, the Golden Grizzlies at home beat Robert Morris, but they were minus five and a half. Only beat them by four, 69-65. Total 140.5. Game all also stays under, and then that Iowa 93-84 overtime win against Michigan. Hawkeyes minus 5.5, total 156.5, and the game hits 177 with the extra session, and a great comeback by Iowa. McCaffrey's boys now have won three in a row to get to 500 inside the Big Ten. Troy 65-53, beat Georgia State on the road as 2.5-point favorites. Game staying well under the total, and then the battle of the UL schools, UL Lafayette, 86-73. They win at Monroe, minus 7.5, total 141.5. That game flies over. UMKC, don't mess with the Kangaroos at home. Took on a pretty good St. Thomas team. 81-60 though. UMKC pulled away as one and a half point favorites in a game that also gets well over the total. Southeast Missouri State probably their best team in the last decade. 94-71. They roll over Lindenwood laying ten and a half. They win it by 23 big ones. That game also getting well over the total. Texas State on the road beat Arkansas State 61-58. Andy minus two and a half. They win it by three. Game stays under the total by two and a half points. But it's a amazing you go down you know all these games on Tuesdays Wednesdays Thursdays even Saturdays and you're going to have a good 10 12 of them within a point of the total and a point of the the line right there yeah and that's especially when you're talking about lower priced uh, games for example you look at uh, uh, you know Texas State two and a half point road favorite at Arkansas State I look at a lot of teams that are like two and a half point home favorites because when you figure in the home court they're basically saying that maybe on a neutral court that road team is uh, a little bit better but they're playing on the road and so they're getting a very small price but that means that the uh, lines makers are expecting a very uh, contentious game and of course very often those games with those small point spreads uh, will come down to uh, making free throws and either extending or uh, being caught uh, by some of those teams so we see a lot more of that uh, recently in college basketball because the talent is so spread out very very nicely that uh, you don't you don't have as many for lack of a better term pathetic programs each year as you used to have in the past there you go also uh, Las Vegas is one of those destinations T-Mobile for the uh, NCAA tournament the regionals are here in Vegas, and I just put in for press credentials for that today, so looking forward to uh, getting those. And, of course, uh, we've got so many tournaments here. We get the Big West Tournament over there in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, we've got the Pac-12 over at the uh, at T-Mobile. Uh, we also have the uh, Mountain West, which is at Thomas & Mack. Then we have the WCC, which was at the Orleans, I think. I think it's still there, Andy, unless that's – I'm trying to remember uh, the WAC may be at the Orleans as well. And uh, just trying to think – I'm trying to think if the if the WCC moved to uh, T-Mobile, but I, I think they were still at the Orleans Arena. So uh, just great place to be in March for basketball because Vegas, and it's just going to continue. You what, it used to be for many years before the college game became as popular. And actually, way back when, before the NBA, the college game was the game uh, before we got the NBA in the late uh, 40s. New York used to be the mecca of basketball. I think you can make a good argument now, especially in college basketball. Well, in college basketball, Vegas is the mecca of college basketball with all of those tournaments, in-season tournaments as well. 
hotel that we now have in Vegas, and we've got so many different venues that uh, we can accommodate all those tournaments. That is a good point. A couple more minutes, and we'll take a break. Come back. We'll go through the college basketball, but then we're going to get into the NFL football. The playoffs going to get the logical approach from Andy Isco. 87-63, Oral, Oral Roberts, they Bury Western Illinois. They were minus 15 and a half, win it by 24. Game does stay under the 158 and a half, hits 150. Wisconsin, Milwaukee, one point dogs at home. They win it by five against Northern Kentucky, beat the Norse 80 to 75. Game sales over the total of 131. Wright State, no problem. That's uh, Scott Nagy over there now, no longer with the Jackrabbits the last several seasons. He's been with the Red Raiders of Wright State. 99 67. They bury the Phoenix of Wisconsin Green Bay in a game that also gets well over the total. South Alabama, one point victory over James Madison as three-point home dogs. They win at 63-62. Game staying well under the 142.5. Nebraska-Omaha laying 4.5. Win it by 6 against North Dakota. 69-63. That game also staying under the total. SIU-Edwardsville go into Eastern Illinois. Bury the Panthers 80-62. Laying 7.5. Win it by 18. Game getting over the total. Tennessee Tech beat Moorhead State 79-62. Game gets over the total. And a nice cover for Tennessee Tech. Laying 2. Win it by 17. Southern Indiana laying 7.5. This is a tough one if you laid the points there. Oh, they only win it by 7. 74-67, that game also staying well under the total. St. Mary's continues to flex their muscles, but they had a huge lead of 19, 20 points, but it got down to 14, and that was the line. That line went from 13 up to 14, closed at 14 at the Westgate Superbook. 76-62, St. Mary's gets the win. Game does get over the total by 10 points. Stephen F. Austin, wire-to-wire, beat Utah Tech 85-72. Win, cover, game flies over. Montana State wins by 13, laying 11 Bobcats win it against Idaho State, beat the Bengals 81-68, 86-74, Southern Utah. Nice win for Todd Simon as they win against Sam Houston State. Pretty good Bearcats team, but Southern Utah, T-Birds take care of business, 86-74, win in a cover, and the game flies over. North Dakota State, Mark Hoke, happy as Alma Mater, went into Denver, buried the Pioneers 90-70. to Good game by the Bison as uh, in a pickup game, and that game, again, getting well over the total. And Weber State comes back, beats Montana, the game in uh, Missoula, and they win it by two. Nice effort from the boys from Ogden, winning at 59-57. Very low-scoring game. Total was 133.5. Never had a chance. USC uh, gets a win as uh, and Coach Enfield wins it 68-61 against Tad Boyle in Colorado, laying 3.5. The Trojans at the Galen Center. Game stays under the total, but the Trojans get the win in the cover. All Arizona State, Bobby Hurley's boys, wire-to-wire in Eugene on the Matthew Knight Arena, uh, on the Matthew Knight, in Matthew Knight Arena, and on the court uh, that's got so much artwork that it was hard for me to follow the ball game uh, when I first started taking games in there from Eugene, but 90-73. to 73, Hurley's got a good squad, Andy. That Arizona State team's fun to watch. They were actually five-point dogs. That total went over by 36 points. Yeah, I considered a play on Arizona State tonight. I opted for USC, which you know, which also covered not quite as easily as Arizona State did. But I do like this Arizona State team, and this Oregon team is below the level of the last half decade. They're just not the same team this year. Yeah, no doubt. Meanwhile, Grand Canyon, 80-48. to They knock off Texas Arlington, blew out the Mavericks big time by 32, laying 11. Game gets over the total by 2. Tennessee Martin beat Tennessee State 77-66. Game stays under, and a nice win by Martin. They were 3.5-point road dogs. Marshall, 89-67, big second half to blow away the Golden Eagles of South 
of Southern Mississippi. The boys from Hattiesburg getting pounded. That game getting well over the total as well. And Marshall covering the eight-point number. We gave you Gonzaga 75-74. They don't come close to covering the six-and-a-half, but really hurt BYU, who led that game pretty much throughout the second half. Total was 154-and-a-half. The game stays under, hits 149. 75-74, Zags win it. Same score, back-to-back, 75-74. Portland State does get the win by one over the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona. Don't come close to covering the eight, but they get the win, and the game does get over the total by a point and a half. Portland State 75-74 beat Northern Arizona. Uh, Seattle 69-66. So if you laid the number last night, it was three, but it closed at four. So Seattle does not cover. New Mexico State comes back and gets the cover in a game that stays under the total. And we gave you the other scores. The game's going now. Portland still leads San Francisco, but it's 52-49, 16-24 to go. UCLA now up 16 on Utah, 44-28. Washington 60-46 over Stanford and 57-33 all Arizona at Oregon State. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, take a break, come back. SportsX Radio going to talk some NFL playoffs. We'll get the logical approach from Mr. Andy Isco. Follow him on Twitter, at VegasAndy711, at Mark Hoke Show, my producer. Don't forget the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, the best of professional wrestling. SportsX Radio, you can follow the show at SportsX Radio, at Ken Thompson 87 live PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. We'll be right back. Coming back on a throwback Thursday, how about Pat Benatar, 70 years young today. Happy birthday, Pat Benatar. One of the few rock and roll lead singers that Andy Isco could post up in the paint. So, yeah. I certainly can't out-sing her. No, there's no question. I don't even know if you could get the jump hook over her. I think she may be able to uh, swat that back. But, you know, at least be uh, interesting. To say the least. Yeah, that, that's one word to put it. Could be embarrassing <laughs> for me, but, you know, doesn't take all that much. AI, you're great, man. All right, uh, AI, uh, Charlie White, Charles White, uh, dying yesterday at age 64. And I just got word that Ahmad Galloway, former running back for Alabama back in 2000-2001, uh, passed away. He was uh, working at a school, and uh, they did a welfare check because he's somebody that was never late for work. So the principal sent somebody over and they found him passed away. Age 42, Galloway, a standout during his time in Alabama, totaled 830 yards on the ground with 17 touchdowns over his four years at the university. His best year in 2001, he rushed for 881 yards and six touchdowns. So uh, prayers for the families there, uh, Charles White's family, and of course, Ahmad Galloway's family there in Alabama. And Andy, you know, Charlie White for me is a uh, USC fan. I remember him because he wore number 12. I mean, there weren't many running backs that wore number 12, but he was fun to watch and uh, just really special. In 1979, he was Heisman Trophy winner, a uh, heck of a running back, and USC put out a ton of them back then. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. He was uh, one of the Heisman Trophy winners in a long line of outstanding USC running backs that I would say as far back as I can recall. Now, this is before my time, but Frank Gifford was a great running back uh, back there, I guess, what, late 40s, early 50s. And, of course, uh, you know, Marcus Allen, OJ, et cetera, all those guys who, uh, you know, a long line. And then, of course, in the 2000s, USC started producing uh, Heisman quarterbacks. 
Yeah, no doubt. And John Robinson, head coach John Robinson, reflecting on the passing of Charlie White and what he said, you know, the one thing he goes, look, the guy was talented. He was an outstanding player, great athlete, but he was the toughest guy that I ever coached. He was a real tough guy, but he was extremely gifted as an athlete as well. And he will be missed. Charles White, fight on forever. 1979 Heisman Trophy winner, dead at the age of 64. He had battled cancer the last couple of years, 1958 to 2023, Charles White. And again, for me as an SC fan, reflecting there, just somebody I really enjoyed uh, watching. Meanwhile, uh, the number 55 for Memphis Tiger basketball will be retired next month. And that's good to see. That's the jersey number of former basketball player Lorenzen Wright. Uh, It's 12 years ago that he was fatally shot. Uh, They will retire this number, I believe, uh, there it is, against Tulane on February the 4th. And, of course, Lorenzen Wright, big guy, six foot eleven, retired from the NBA after the 2008-2009 season, uh, was a standout for Memphis, ranking 49th on the all-time Tiger scoring list with 1,026 points. And he played 13 years in the NBA and was named in the 2009 to the school's Hall of Fame for athletes there at Memphis. And then his slaying was, of course, one of the most publicized murders in the city of Memphis's history. Uh, they found his decomposing body in a swampy field east of Memphis back in 2010 in July. And he was just 34 years young, uh, father of six, and he had been missing for days before his body was discovered. Wright's ex-wife, Shara Wright, and her friend Billy Ray Turner, they were indicted on first-degree murder charges in 2017. Shara Wright later entered a surprise guilty plea on a lesser charge and was sentenced to 30 years. Turner then was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison prison last March. So uh, uh, just a sad circumstance. But Lorenzen Wright, outstanding player and uh, dad of uh, six when he was murdered. Lorenzen Wright's number 55, February the 4th, will be retired in Memphis. Jot that down. I'll be looking forward to that ceremony. And, uh, boy, Andy, you just hate to see things like that. And, you know, a bunch of the things going on uh, with players passing away at all different levels of sport, a lot of youngsters. And, uh, boy, I'm just hoping. You you mentioned Lisa Marie Presley, who was just at the Golden Globes uh, two nights ago. Two nights ago with her mom, Priscilla Presley, and the only child of Priscilla and Elvis, 54 years old. And they said she died from cardiac arrest. Yeah, you just never know, and that's why uh, you know it's important to uh, to check your health, monitor your health. There you go, as Get, best you can. And if you're here in Vegas, you have no excuse not going down to see Dr. John Pierce at the Preventative Diagnostic Center five three four seventy nine hundred. Give a call and make an appointment. AI, let's get into the uh, playoffs. Uh, start things off because we got things rolling. Starting up with a couple games on Saturday. I uh, want to get your take on these games as we roll on through and, and get the logical approach opinion. We'll start it off with that San Francisco-Seattle game. These two teams, of course, in the NFC West, and uh, they know each other. They've already played twice this year. San Francisco is going to go for the trifecta, try and take care of business. Now the line's holding steady at 9.5 here in Las Vegas, but I expect this line to hit 10. In fact, it has hit 10 in a couple faraway places uh, right now, Niners minus nine and a half, 42 year total. Seahawks and Geno Smith found a way to gut it out, get the OT win after Jason Myers knocked that field goal through in overtime after hitting the goalpost at the end of regulation. Your take on this one with Brock Purdy doing his thing hasn't lost yet as an NFL quarterback, and the Niners on a big winning streak trying to take care of business. We'll have inclement weather with rain and some wind anywhere between 10 and 20 miles per hour for that game in Santa Clara, but the Niners minus nine and a half total of 42. 
Yeah, I, I prefer San Francisco. I did lay nine and a half in this game. They won and covered both games against Seattle, 27-7 to 7 back, I think it was in week two, back at home. And then actually about a month or so ago up at Seattle, I think it was 21-13, I think they were like five, five and a half point favorites uh, in that game. Uh, Seattle's had trouble defensively all year. Uh, Purdy, of course, uh, uh, he's now got, what, four or five games of experience, and I'm not so sure sure that uh, uh, he, one thing we've seen with the, with the 49ers quarterbacks this year is they haven't really needed to rely on quarterback play because of, I mean, it's somewhat to the quarterback play, but he, they don't need the quarterback to win the game. They just need the quarterback to get the ball to the various receivers like McCaffrey, like Samuel, and he was, uh, was in there. George Kittle has come up big the last few weeks. There are more options for uh, San Francisco, their ability to run, run the ball, and of course, you know, McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league, and they get him at the trade deadline and they haven't lost since. Uh, Seattle, a nice story, and of course they got that comeback win against the Rams, and that basically meant they became uh, uh, Lions fans on Sunday night, which worked out for them. But Seattle's best football was played earlier in the year, and remember, this is a team that wasn't expected to do that much, and they really surprised people with their start uh, uh, of the season, but they played more to what we expected of them uh, over the second half of the season, and uh, Geno Smith uh, did a very fine job for them, but uh, that that you know, if this were still Russell Wilson and it was a Russell Wilson of old with Seattle, I feel a lot more confident. But uh, just the way the 49ers are playing, especially defensively, I think that's going to create some problems for uh, for Seattle. And of course, they remember how uh, they lost last year. Uh, the the uh, 49ers did to the uh, to the Rams. So they they seem to be on a collision course with uh, Philadelphia as far as meeting for the NFC Championship, which of course down the road would be in Philly. Yeah, and the tough thing for Seattle got a couple bad breaks on defense lost linebacker Jordan Brooks to a season-ending knee injury and then lost nose tackle uh, Brian Moan as well and uh, that not good for their defense going into this third meeting with San Francisco so AI says lay the nine and a half with uh, with San Francisco you expect this to hit 10 yes all right I, uh, I think it's I, uh, it started at 10 I think didn't it, it opened at um uh, let me see. I think it opened ten and a half. Went down, I think, as low as nine uh, within, I think, thirty-six hours or so. Uh, now it's pretty much settled in at uh, nine and a half. But I expect, I would expect, most of the late money will be coming in on uh, on the favorites in this one. I, I'll be interested when we get to the uh, uh, when the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Dallas game. That's a game that opened three and a half, and the money came in on the dog, which is not that unusual except that it put that game under three. But we'll talk about that one a little later. But I expect a lot of these favorites to uh, uh, to continue to get the money in the playoffs, especially considering we've seen so many games in recent years in the wild card round decided by double digits. Yeah, and if you're going to use a uh, seven-point teaser to get it under that field, well, you better do it now in case it does go to 10. Right now, Niners minus 9.5 and, and 42. That's the early game on Saturday. The late game will be the Chargers and Jaguars. They met once. Herbert had those bum ribs coming off that Kansas City loss. And uh, Chargers got buried. They got drilled big time by the Jags, 38-10 to 10 at SoFi. Now they go to Jacksonville, but it looks like Mike Williams is going to go in this game. And Mark Lawrence saying last night that's why the line had gone from one to two. Well, it's up to two and a half now. Chargers two and a half point favorites. Joey Bosa will play. It'll be uh, first time in a while you'll have Bosa and Mack together. And uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Jaguars struggled offensively against Tennessee, who's not a bad defensive team, uh, but that was a nice effort by Tennessee to try and win that game. 
They played for the AFC South. The Jags get a late defensive touchdown, make it stand up and get the W. They stay at home winning the AFC South. Chargers minus 2.5, 47.5 AI. I wanted to make a case for the uh, Chargers in this game, obviously playing with revenge. In fact, that opening, well, the first time they played that, uh, uh, that was not a fluke win. 38-10 to 10 would suggest that it's not a fluke win. And they outgained uh, the uh, Chargers, did the Jags by 100 yards. And, in fact, it was one of the uh, highest-rated games that I, I keep scoring these games in a different way, and that was one of the highest performances uh, uh, all season. Uh, we, thought that, we thought that was the start of a nice run for Jacksonville. However, after that win, they lost five games in a row uh, and uh, did not perform well in those games. I think they covered, uh, they didn't cover any of those five losses. Then they turned it around and they've actually ended the season uh, with five straight wins. They covered four of them until uh, last week when they were six-point favorites, which seemed to be a high number for a team with limited experience such as Jacksonville has being. It, it was basically a, well, it was a playoff game essentially because the winner uh, was uh, going to win the division. Uh, and of course it took that scoop and score with three minutes to go for the Jags to, uh, to get that win. But they They've been playing uh, extremely well. They've been playing very well, especially defensively against the run. And, in fact, in their last three games, they've not allowed over 200 net yards passing either. So Jacksonville's coming around very nicely. And keep in mind, they've got a Super Bowl-winning coach with Doug Peterson, who won with the uh, the Eagles a few years ago. Uh, and I think that that may come into play because if there's a coaching decision that has to be made, I'm more confident that uh, Peterson will make the right decision than will, uh, uh, will Staley of the Chargers. And, you know, remember, there was some decision-making last year against the Raiders, or the Chargers might be in the playoffs for a second straight year, not a uh, first straight year. Now, to be fair, Chargers have won, had won four, four in a row before the loss at Denver, but that was a, somewhat of a meaningless uh, game coming in there. They knew where they were going to be uh, playing this week. What I was surprised is that they played the starters so long in that game. Jacksonville had to play their starters. They were in, a, they were in an elimination game. But if I, see, if I were Staley, I would have... I probably wouldn't have played them more than maybe a series or two, if at all, but certainly not as deep into the game as they did. Uh, you know, they they could have used the rest knowing that they were going to play this week. Jacksonville had no choice because if Jacksonville didn't win the last week, they're not playing this week. But the Chargers could lose, and of course they did. They knew they were playing this week, so I questioned some a little bit of that, and I wonder if that's going to make a difference in the second half against the physical Jacksonville team. See, Andy, and I talked about this last night. There are players that want to play. Joey Bosa was somebody that was adamant said look I understand I I tweaked the the groin a little bit I'm good to go but I needed to go because if I'm going to be able to play in the fourth quarter in this playoff game I would not have been able to do it stamina and stamina wise because I was winded in the first game back and only played half of that game and was still winded so I wanted to make sure that I'd be ready to play especially in a key fourth quarter in a playoff game so he wanted to play Uh, Austin Eckler wanted to play these these guys they wanted to go in this game and so Mike Williams but that's exactly it all these players want to play. Lamar Jackson wants to play. It's up to the coach to say, no, you're sitting. We understand you'd like to get some work in, but the big picture is we want you rested and fully healthy, as healthy as you can be, for the game that counts. The game against Denver right. didn't count. I, I understand. That's why you play them a little bit. That's where coaching comes into play. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it's like, but I don't know if the players respect Staley for, for giving. You don't give in to the players. Well, That's they, basically what I'm saying. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, and in most situations, I could agree it. I agree with it, but not in this situation here. It may or may not make a difference. We'll find out Saturday night. All right. So, what do you say to Tom Brady? He played last week. I don't know that I would have played him either. Although certainly the way he's performed this year, that you could use the extra work. But yeah, no, I would. They, and they were certainly locked into their spot.
Right, right, you exactly. Know, they, so what are you going to do? You're going to tell Tom Brady and he says, no, I'm playing. What, what do you do then? Uh, I, I say, no, you're not. Okay. And if it costs the, co- the, the coach's job and they win this week, he would have been proven right. Wow. Is what it is. Look, uh, I've heard it from you know several different coaches, players. Herm Edwards said, "Look, as a player, I want to play. We're paid to play football. Every I want to play." Every player wants to play, but you've got to keep in mind the big picture. That's what coaches are there for—to keep in mind the big picture. Like I say, Jacksonville really had no choice. They had to play their starters because if they didn't win that game, they're not in the playoffs. Chargers are in the playoffs. All right, so Phil- in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs coming in the last way. It's different, for example, with Philadelphia playing their starters, especially Jalen Hurts, because they're going to have the week off, so they can they they don't need to build up any rust. But if you have to come right back, you know, you ask players how long it takes for them to recover from injuries that they sustain on Sunday. They're probably not feeling better until Wednesday or Thursday. Now you give them an extra week to to prepare. They're going to be much, much healthier and a much better position to play. Every player wants to play. That's the nature. And I understand that, and I agree with it. But I also understand where coaches have to come down and say, the big picture says, we want you ready and healthy for next week. You'll yeah. work the rust out in the first quarter. I get it. But if you go into every game thinking, oh, gosh, I'm going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt if you play that way. No, you know, you're not thinking about getting hurt. You're thinking about playing as healthy as you can be. No, you're, you are thinking about getting hurt. Otherwise, you're not, there's no question that you're going to play the game. You're, that's no, that's why you're, you know, you're, you're telling you're, me the coach. You're, you're telling me the coach wants to as healthy as possible. All, All right. these guys have nagging injuries. Okay, so you're telling me as the coach that I got to make the move to sit my guys out. Why? So that they're healthy for the next game. That's the only reason, right? Otherwise, it why depends, wouldn't they play? It depends each individual situation. There you go. All right. So I agree. And See, so you for, think Lamar Jackson didn't want to play the last few weeks? Well, you know he's injured. No, yeah, but he knew he couldn't go. It's different. Joey Bosa could go. And he wanted to go to get stamina so that he's ready for this game. You can view it your way. I can view it my way, and we're both right. There you go. Actually, you're wrong. I'm right. And on that note, I'll take a break. SportsX Radio, final break of the night. Ken Thompson's right. Andy goes wrong. That's why he's the guest. KT's the host. We're live from Vegas, 101.5 FM. And, of course, 1140 The Bet on the AM side. Follow us on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live from Vegas. It's great to leave on that note, just to burn up Andy just a little bit more. We'll be right back. SportsX Radio, keep it right here. Baby, little ELO coming back, wrapping things up on a throwback Thursday. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings right here, KDWN, 101.5 FM. Great stuff with Andy Isco. Always like uh, throwing it back and forth with the original AI. It's not Allen Iverson. It's Andy Isco and uh, Coach Stigelmeyer joining us, South Dakota State head honcho, national champions in our number one. So a fast-moving show. AI and I getting into uh, the football games. I'll weigh in on my opinion tomorrow on the uh, Friday football fiasco. Should be fun. Crackman going to be in studio. Bill Krakenberger, always uh, a treat. You want to hear stories? Guys like Father Goose, man. It's going to be a lot of fun listening to the Crackman. Great gambling stories and just uh, just a lot of fun with uh, Billy. And he'll be in studio tomorrow night here at PSBR Law Studios. All right, AI. got us uh, about seven minutes to get to these last several games. And let's go to Saturday slate. Dolphins and Bills looking like it's going to be Skylar Thompson. But there is an outside shot that Teddy Bridgewater gets in. We know there's no Tua. 
Buffalo Bills, happy they don't have to worry about DeMar Hamlin. He's not only transferred to a Buffalo hospital, he's now out of the hospital. Miraculous recovery. Bills minus 13, 43 and a half against the Dolphins, who are all but banged up. Although Tyreek Hill, even with that bum ankle, not listed on the injury report. Yeah, in fact, the amazing thing about uh, DeMar Allen is that uh, it took such a short period of time to, for him to be back home, and considering where he was, you know, 10 days ago, it's just a remarkable recovery, and I think uh, we're all very happy for him uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Bill's Mafia, Bill's Nation, etc. Uh, these teams split their games this year. If you remember that first game uh, down in Miami, uh, Miami won 21-19, despite the fact that uh, – uh, Buffalo dominated the uh, the game statistically. They had like 42 minutes of uh, of possession, uh, and they they outgained the Dolphins 497 to uh, 212. Of course, that was uh, when Miami had uh, Tua. And in fact, in the rematch, that uh, Miami actually led 29-21, I believe it was in the fourth quarter. Buffalo scored the last 10 points to win, or 11 points. Uh, Tua played in that one as well, and uh, that, he's so important to that uh, Miami Miami offense and the big play that. It's going to be a drop-off, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't expect, but Skylar Thompson, who I do expect. It's going to be very difficult uh, for um, uh, for Miami. This Buffalo t- team started the season like they were going to be the dominant team everybody thought they were. They beat the Rams, I think it was 31-10 in Week 1 in Los Angeles. Then in Week 2, at home on Monday night, they, I think, blow out Tennessee. I think that was like 41-7 uh, to or something. Those games look really great at the time. And then when you realize the kind of seasons that Miami, that uh, the Rams and Tennessee uh, both had, as nice as those wins were, they weren't exactly against the playoff caliber teams that made the playoffs uh, last year. But this is still a very solid uh, Buffalo team. I, I don't know that they've really played their best game, aside from those two, if you want to count those considering the competition. Uh, you remember last year they played New England, another divisional matchup in the playoff games, and they beat the uh, Patriots uh, 47 to uh, uh, I think 17. It was a 30-point win. Don't know that it'll be that lopsided here, but the only side I could look at would be Buffalo in this game. Can't make a case uh, uh, for Miami. I think since you've got Skyler back there, Skyler Thompson's quarterback, uh, I think Buffalo's defense is going to be very aggressive, tee off, and force him into making quick quicker decisions than he would like to and that probably won't turn out all that well if uh, Buffalo is successful at putting the pressure on him. Yeah, they might give up a play or two, but I think over the course of the game, he'll make more mistakes than big plays, and Buffalo will capitalize on those mistakes. All right, so less than three minutes now for the last three games. Giants-Vikings, Vikings Vikings minus three, total of 48. I like the Giants in this game. Uh, They played a uh, 27-24 game. It took a 61-yard field goal just a few weeks ago for uh, Minnesota to win. Uh, the Giants can run the ball. Minnesota has not been able to run the ball. The Giants have played somewhat better defense. Minnesota's defense has been a weakness. I see this can be a pickup game. Not a strong uh, opinion, but uh, I'll take the uh, the three with the Giants. All right, and then Ravens-Bengals just played last week. We know Lamar Jackson's not going to go. Don't know if Huntley's able to go, so we're looking at a Anthony Brown game. But, uh, again, he did get some action there in against the Bengals, but the Bengals keep getting the money. They're minus 9.5, total 40.5. 
Yeah, and you know, Buffalo's play, uh, Buffalo, Baltimore's played outstanding defense over the last half of the season, and they put up some very good numbers. I think Cincinnati, although they've won eight straight and they're seven and one against the spread in those games, ten of eleven they've won, ten and one against the spread. I think this number is a little bit too high. I don't put too much into last week's uh, uh, result uh, as far as uh, we pretty much knew Cincinnati was uh, uh, going to be the division winner because they didn't have to play that game against uh, Buffalo that could have given them another loss. So uh, I'm taking the points with the Ravens here. I'm going to wait and see uh, see how high it goes. There you go. And Brown did throw for uh, 286, but the two interceptions got sacked four times. I'm sure he'll try and clean that up a bit, and we'll see what Joe Burrow and the team has. Again, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, I mean, real solid team. T. Higgins still a little bit banged up. We'll see if he's able to uh, muster a little bit more than one reception that he had last week. And then the last game, of course, on Sunday, or I'm sorry, on Monday, is the uh, Cowboys and Buccaneers. And this one, Andy, is a toss-up for me. Cowboys minus 2.5, 45.5. The old master Tom Brady against Dak Prescott and company that I think is the better all-around team, but the game's in Tampa. And again, going against Brady in the playoffs, never easy. No, this is not the same Tom Brady that we've seen in years past. I mean, yeah, they did have some injuries, but uh, uh, he also didn't play as, as sharply as he had with uh, the, the interceptions and the fumbles that he lost, which was very uncharacteristic this year. Uh, these teams opened the season. Tampa Bay won that game 19-3. to uh, Dallas has uh, Dak Prescott. I, I've got concerns for both quarterbacks, Brady and Prescott, who's not played well, but I agree. One thing, the, the one key matchup is that Dallas, uh, Dallas can run the football and Tampa Bay has not been able to run the football, and I think that allows uh, the Dallas defense to uh, cheat a little bit and uh, make it a little bit more difficult for uh, Tampa Bay. I just think th- this is an 8-9 and nine football team. They were, what, 13-4 and four last year? This is not the same team uh, close to resembling the team last year, even when healthy. Um, it's telling, perhaps, that the early money came in on Dallas. I said it opened 3.5. It's now down to 2.5. Wouldn't be surprised if it puts back hey, up. I, I, ne- I never mind me being when against the public underdog, and that's the case this week with Tampa Bay. Great stuff. At, at Vegas Andy 7-Eleven, the logical approach. AI will do it again next Thursday. Mike Scalliott said he's buying dinner at the bar, so that'll be great. Vegas Golden Knights win at 4-2, to get to win the cover, and uh, that'll about do it. Oregon State down by 14 to Arizona. Washington up 17 on Stanford. Both those games winding down. UCLA has beaten Utah by 19, and Portland and San Francisco. The Dons now up two, 3.36 to go, 78-76. Lakers were in double overtime. They're still in double overtime. 11 seconds to go. They're down 119-114 to the Mavs, and the Cavs beat the Blazers 119-113. That'll do it for KT on a throwback Thursday, Friday, football fiasco tomorrow. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, I'm Ken Thompson, producer Mark Oak. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.